Welcome to another episode of the ADHD Families Podcast. Now today we're going to be talking about probably something that's a little bit sensitive to me, so I hope you can bear with me. It's about coping and I often get asked how I cope. People want to know how I go living day to day with my four incredible family members that have ADHD. We've got some Tourette's, we've got some sensory processing disorder and some um, specific learning disorder in there as well. And people often want to know, how do I do it? How do I cope? And my first instinct whenever anyone asks me that is actually to feel a little bit like a fraud because sometimes I don't cope incredibly well and I never want to, <laughs> to betray the image of making it look easy. It's not easy, right? I just have really good systems and strategies in place that make it a little bit easier to pick it up when the wheels fall off. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. So I'm so excited that you're here to join us on How Do I Cope? Hello, I'm Sharon Collin and you are listening to the ADHD Families Podcast. I am a mum of three beautiful boys with ADHD. I love being a mum, but my home life was absolute chaos and the stress of daily life had a terrible effect on my health. My husband had so many horror-filled stories of growing up with ADHD that I decided I wanted to change the experience for my little boys. So I got to work and I systematically changed and streamlined my family's lives to suit the ADHD brain. And now that I have my family on track, I want to help yours. Do you want a life with your beautiful kids that is more functional, fun and full of joy? Let's explore together the wonderful and sometimes wacky world of raising kids with ADHD. So sometimes when things aren't going awesome in our family, maybe uh, we're struggling with, you know, some transitions or we've got going through a bit of a hard patch. I always think, I say, I say to myself a lot, new levels, new devils, right? So what I am actually good at is resilience. So as our kids grow, they bring new challenges. And as I, you know, go along with my relationship with Anthony, there's always new challenges, new levels, new devils, right? And so what I'm good at is handling it. So there's no perfect family life that goes on here. There's no perfect, you can't um, structure or, or routine or systemize your way out of intensity when you've got the dynamics of the, what is going on in our household. And I'm sure your household is similar if you're listening to something called the ADHD Families Podcast, right? So we've got low frustration tolerance, poor emotional regulation. Everyone handles stress quite badly. There's lots of yelling, lots of chaos. And yes, we have really good systems and strategies in place, but it doesn't take away from the intensity of living in the dynamics of what our house what our house puts out basically so what i learned very early on is that there was no one coming to save us there was no one coming to save us <laughs> and it was really quite sad because i really didn't have the tools back before i was an adhd coach and had any experience with this stuff i didn't have the tools to deal with the intensity that our house was throwing it was really, I felt like I wasn't qualified. I wasn't qualified to handle it. And my stress was through the roof. And you guys know through a little, if you've followed along in my journey, I've been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. My body literally just started, started destroying itself because of the amount of stress that I was under. 
And I had to come to the realization that no one was coming to save us. We had to save ourselves. And that is an incredible, you know, I know that you guys are, are feeling that as well. There's a lot that people wouldn't understand unless you live it every day and you understand what is going through for our beautiful um, people with ADHD that are struggling with some of these things, especially if they're on the more extreme end of the spectrum like my boys definitely are, it, it can be a really hard journey and you can actually feel like most of the time like you're not qualified to handle it. Uh, so that realisation of that, that no one was coming to save us was a big realisation and I knew I could either sink or swim at that point. And I definitely wanted to swim, right? I'm a problem solver. I like to go in there and, and experiment and um, try different things to see if I can make things easier for our family. Now, I want to talk to you about how I view our life because when you are talking to someone with ADHD, they have a real tendency, and a lot of people without ADHD as well actually, have a tendency to view life with a, sort of a black and white lens. It's called black and white thinking. So they are on or they're off. They're good or they're bad. They have these real extreme uh, ends of thinking, right? So we are either on routine or we're off routine. We're on our diet or we're really off our diet. Um, and it's called black and white thinking. And what I try and do with the clients that I work with and with my family members as well is to encourage them to, to rem or to remind them that there is a middle ground. It is not all black and white. There is a gray. And we ideally want to live in the gray. We are not good or bad. We're not on or off. We are, you know, we are not succeeding or failing. We are living in the gray area. And that is really important to know when you're viewing your family. So we have, as part of that thinking, we often people with ADHD and, I mean, I guess myself included, in the early days I was looking for a, like a magic bullet or a set and forget thing, something if I could just get this bit right, then life would be easy. If we could just find a medication that worked, then life would be easy. If I could just find, um, you know, like get on the, like get the diet right, then this would be easy. But what I've learned throughout this journey and, and for so many years, you know, we've been going on with this is that there's no magic bullet. And it comes back to that, you know, like we've, it's about getting a few things right. It's about getting a few things in balance and how I view life. And this is one of the things that I always come back to in my own brain to stop myself doing that black or white thinking or looking for that silver bullet is for, is I view life like a massive control panel and it's got all switches and knobs that you can turn and switch on and, and turn at different times. And just as you get one right, another one goes out. And so you have, to adjust, uh, you have to adjust that. And then just as you get that bit right, the other one goes out. And so you have to adjust that. And that is how I view my life. You're never going to have them all perfect at the same time. It's impossible for me to have my business killing it, for me to be exercising, for me to be meal planning like a boss, for the house to be perfectly, the kids to, to do stupid home reading that I've got to do every night. Um, you know, all of these things at the same time. Like I've never, ever been able to achieve all of my goals at the same time because you can do anything but not everything, right? We're just one person. So how I view it is like a control panel. 
we tighten this bit up, then this bit goes loose. We need to tighten that bit up. We need to flick this switch now. And then as we flick that one, this one's come undone and we need to flick that one. Uh, and that helps me not feel so, so I guess it's not the word hopeless is not, is not what I'm looking for, but not feel so downhearted about it. I just know that I've got to keep my eye on the control panel and things are going to need to be adjusted. It's a little bit like the new levels, new devil thing. We just, something comes up, we handle it. We move on to the next thing. That comes up, we handle it. We move on to the next thing. Uh, it's never going to be perfect all of the time. I'm never going to be able to have that switchboard in, uh, in perfect exactly how I would like it. Um, we're just, we're just going to handle things as they come up. And I find that quite comforting. I don't know. I would love to know if you guys find that comforting, but I find it quite comforting. And it just stops that pattern of black and white thinking, which we are also prone to. Um, I want to talk about a few little strategies for things that I've learned on, along the way that help me cope. Um, but before I do in, delve into that, um, I wanted to raise that we as women, and I know a lot of women listen to this podcast, say sorry way too much. This mum guilt thing that we carry around is just, oh, I've got to do a whole episode on it. It's just, it's spew. It's gross. Right? I think a part, that part of me, I, I could joke and say that part of me has died a little bit. Um, that part of me, I don't stress about mum guilt or other people's opinion about my family or other people's opinion about me anymore. Um, I probably did in the early days, but not anymore because I've learned that does worrying about what anyone else's opinion actually change? If you worry about it, does it actually change what their opinion is? It doesn't, right? People are haters going to hate. People are going to judge. Um, but I think part of having a chronic illness and living with chronic pain has changed that part of me fundamentally. I know that I am doing the best I can under difficult circumstances. Um, and for those of you who don't know the backstory, got cerratic arthritis. It's a major pain in the bum, uh, not literally, but sometimes. Um, and it's just changed how I view life and how I handle stress. I know that stress is a trigger for it. Uh, and I'm not going to sweat the small stuff that I don't have to. Um, so I wanted to just touch on that and to recognize that you guys are all doing such an incredible job under difficult circumstances. Have you ever noticed that the people who have opinions about your kids' behavior and things like have no idea what they're talking about? Like I would love them to come into my house for, for a week and babysit and see how they cope with it. <laughs> uh, but I feel like we should give ourselves a pat on the back for how great we are doing, how we are handling it, how when things come up we handle it and we go on to the next thing, new levels, new devils, right? Uh, and I feel like we don't give ourselves enough credit. And part of that, that is, if you have ADHD yourself, is that um, the ADHD brain actually has a negative bias. We tend to remember things that are negative more. The actual uh, chemicals that are released inside your brain when you experience something negative versus when you experience something positive, the negative ones stay in your brain for about three times the amount of time. So you're more likely to remember the negative. Um, and that goes for everyone. Uh, so we've got to celebrate our wins when we have them. And 
I did detour slightly, but I wanted to stop to raise the point that we should stop apologizing all the time. I'm sorry I'm late. I'm sorry for my kids' behavior. I'm sorry that they're struggling with this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Unless someone's been hurt, I don't want you to say sorry anymore. Our kids are struggling and we're doing the best we can, advocating for them, running a house, working, doing all the things. You know, in a world that's not really built for kids with ADHD or, or parents with ADHD, right? Um, and the odds are stacked against us a little bit. So I just a little while ago decided to stop saying sorry. And I think it's a women, it's a woman thing. Um, I don't meet too many dads that I work with that constantly apologize for things. Um, and so that's a lesson that we can learn from dads. Um, they seem to be able to, you know, just just take it as it comes a little bit more and not feel this uh, in, in, intense pressure and guilt that comes from raising kids with extra challenges. And maybe you don't feel like that, uh, but I definitely come across a lot of the community that do. And I just wanted to raise that, that we should all stop apologising unless we've hurt someone um, because I do believe in being kind, but I think the word sorry said way too much. Uh, and I'm just not sure that we should give it any more any more airtime than it has to uh, unless we've actually hurt someone. Uh, and the next one is that when you, one of the strategies that I have, along with having really good systems and stra- and, th- and procedures in place for my family, and if you want to know a little bit more about that, um, just as a shameless plug, our membership that only opens twice a year is actually opening on June the 6th. We open June the 6th for seven days and then we open again in January 2024. If you're after a low cost, low time investment, it takes about three hours a month um, option for helping your family that has ADHD, then please do check that out um, on the website because what we do in that is we just tackle one topic a month. We, ta- we tackle a um, like a topic like this week, this month we're doing tolerances and we're explaining about what tolerances are and how that plays into our family and our stress levels. And it'll either be a masterclass with me or a guest expert. And then we have an incredible mindset coach that comes in and helps us with our mental health stuff. And then you get a template to help you integrate what you've learned in the masterclass. And also that beautiful supportive community and access to all the previous masterclasses as well. So if you're after a low cost, low time investment option of working with me, because I know that coaching is not for everyone, then have a look at the membership because that is open for a short time and it's closing for 2023 when this podcast comes out. And if you have, if it's already closed and you're listening to this, please do join the wait list for the next time because I would love to support your family in that way. And it's great as a low cost option. But one of the things that I've learned is that for me, self-care is not a luxury. And I, I've got to say that I hate the word self-care. <laughs> Part of me goes Bleh, when I hear it. Um, but I don't know how else to say it. Like looking after yourself just doesn't have the same ring. So just bear with me with that, with that word. But it's not a luxury. It's a necessity. Because burnout is a real thing. I think... Almost every single mum that I work with in parent mentoring, in ADH adult coaching is on some level of the scale of burnout. We're exhausted. We can't, you know, like there's so much going on all the time 
and we're getting all this negative feedback about our kids and you know there's this impression that we've got to be able to cope with everything um we've not only do we have to cope we have to make it look easy guys like we have to have like you know like exercise and have like great clothes and have a clean house and have beautifully well-behaved children and you know and still be able to do homework assignments and all of the things um that it just places an incredible amount of stress on women today Uh, but what I've learned is that for me whatever self-care looks like for you and for me it's going for a walk along the beach being able to ring my friend and have a laugh you know have like those like it's not it's not getting a facial and all those things although although those things are nice see Gwingana episode in the previous ADHD families podcast um that it's not a luxury it's actually a necessity if you're going to be handling intense stress on a day-to-day basis which a lot of us are then we need to prioritize our self-care it we have to we have to have time to ourselves like how much better of a parent are we when we have some time away from our kids I'm so much more patient nice Um, I've got time to listen to their stories Um, I I don't bring that rushing energy I'm going to talk a little bit about that rushing energy in a minute but how much better do we cope when we've had that time? We've had that time to ourselves, invest in ourselves. And it's for some reason, it always gets put last. It always gets, we always think, oh no, I've just got to get this done. I've got to get through this period at work. I've got to, I've got to be able to do this. I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when the kids, you know, get through this, this exam. I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when. The happy, the time never comes, right? This is our life. We are our own people aside from our kids. And, you know, we're, we're, se- we're separate. We're together, but we are also separate. We are also our own people. Um, and we, ne- we deserve to have a happy life too. And if we're going to weather the storm, we have to adjust our stance. And, our, and how you do that is by looking after yourself first. It's not selfish. It's survival. It is survival. And so part of, and that leads on from, from stop saying sorry, like we don't have to feel guilty for looking after ourselves first because what we are handling as the problems come up, as those, you know, the knobs and the switches come up is extreme and we need to be the best version of ourselves to be able to handle that problem. I know that I handle the intensity better when I have looked after myself better, when my cup is is full or at least not at empty, uh, I can handle the intensity better. And when I want to talk about when I don't handle it, when I don't handle it well, right? So I am not a perfect parent under any circumstance. <laughs> I got good systems. I got strategies. I'm a like an ADHD coach, right? A certified ADHD coach. And still, I have moments where I think. That wasn't great. <laughs> that wasn't handled very well, right? Uh, and I used to beat myself up about, about those moments, like, oh, why can't I? Why can't I just, like, you know, do better? Um, but now I just view them like little red flags, little red flags that perhaps I am getting burnt out. Perhaps I'm not sleeping properly. Perhaps I need to have some time by myself. Perhaps I need to go back to morning meditations again. There's an excellent app called Waking Up with Sam Harris, guys. It's my favorite. 
um, perhaps I need to call a friend and have a giggle. Like there's all of these things that I just view it like a little red flag. And then what I focus on with the kids is the repair and I own it. I go, because I think this is really important. We need to teach our kids that they can make mistakes and they can come back from them. They can own it and they can move on from them. Um, because feeding back into what we are talking about before, black and white thinking, often uh, our beautiful kids with ADHD, once they stuff up, they believe they can't come back from it. It's finished. They're bad. They're done, right? And I want to actively show them that you can make mistakes, you can stuff up spectacularly, and there's not that many mistakes in life that you can't come back from. You can own it. You can talk about what you're going to do differently next time. And you can move on. And that's what I want to show my kids. And that's what I show them when I don't handle things how I want to. And then I check in with myself about those little red flags. What is happening with me? What can I do to give myself more resilience? What can I do to to up my self-care game? And then I wanted to finish on talking about that rushing energy that we spoke about before. So when I am not coping that well, I notice an increase on of rushing energy. So what I'm talking about when I'm talking about rushing energy is like, you know, come on, get in the car, we've got to get blah, 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 like that, that kind of vibe, that kind of parenting. <laughs> and, you know, what's taking so long and get your shoes on and like, you know, that, that really like kind of panicked energy. And if you've been working with me for a while, you'll know that I view the ADHD brain as open or closed, right? And there's things that open it, there's things that close it and pressure and stress and that rushing energy is definitely one of those things that close it. And you often see when you you have that energy around um, a child with ADHD, they kind of just go into this little paralysis state. They kind of just freak out. They either explode or they go into that freeze state and we it, it's more frustrating because when you're in that rushing energy you just want people to move you want them to do what you say right? <laughs> um but we're actually causing them to go into that paralysis or that explosive state that meltdown and so that rushing energy usually comes um when i ha- am depleted and i have let my self-care game go down uh and i'm tired you know, I just you just want it. I just want it done, right? And it's counterproductive because it causes everyone to freeze. It, <laughs> it causes everything to take longer than it should, and it just exhausts myself. It's like running out of I run out of steam myself with the rush, rushing energy. And so I have a strategy for when we're bringing the rushing energy, and because you can't always you can't always ha- you know like you sometimes you only notice that your self care game has dropped when you're in it. When you, bring, when you start bringing the rushing energy. So I have a, a strategy of when I notice that I start doing that rushing energy that, you know, like, come on, blah, 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 blah. That, that kind of energy where you're talking fast, you're doing rapid fire, you're doing lots of stacked instructions, not simple one-step instructions, and you're causing your beautiful person with ADHD to go into paralysis, um, is I go intentionally slow. It's so against my nature. I want to go fast. I want to get things done. I'm very productive. But when I go fast, I take a beat and I go intentionally slow. And what I talk when I'm talking about going intentionally slow is I lower my voice just like I'm doing now. It sounds painful when you're in a fast mode, 
but it actually helps I slow it right down. I calm it down. I slow it down. I start guiding, like saying things like, what can I do to help you with this? Can we do this together? Asking questions to engage the ADHD brain. Can you tell me about what's going on for you here? You know, those sorts of questions, I slow it down and re-engage the ADHD brain that has that which I've paralyzed with my rushing energy <laughs> and I re-engage it and open it back up and see if they're open to working with me at that stage. And it's just about having that little bit of information to check in with yourself, to notice what is happening from a different vantage point and thinking, okay, what can I do to fix this? What can I do to correct it? What am I going to do to get the best outcome for everyone in this situation? And so that is my couple of little strategies there to help you cope. Um, And I guess in summary, they are to not worry so much about what other people think. I don't know. I just don't sweat that anymore. And I hope you guys aren't wasting energy on that either. You've got bigger fish to fry. To avoid that black or white thinking that comes along with ADHD. Stop looking for the silver bullet. There's no one and done here, I'm afraid. It's about adjusting, looking, viewing life like a control panel. We're adjusting things. As things go out, we fix it. Fix it. As, as problems come up, we handle it. That's how we, that's how we roll in the functional family. <laughs> Stop saying sorry when you don't need to. Don't be sorry. You're doing a great job. Um, and to, to view self-care not as a luxury, as a necessity, and to avoid that rushing energy because it's not good for you and your self-care or your beautiful family with ADHD. I hope so much that you can find those points helpful and to know that it's, and to be reassured rather, that not everyone copes all the time. We don't have to make it look easy, right? We, all we have to do is arm ourselves with an incredible understanding about ADHD because through understanding comes compassion And I think you guys have heard me say this before, that I have such compassion for people with ADHD. I I always, I might not feel it all the time when I'm in that rushing energy state, um, but when I am working with people with ADHD and when I'm talking to my kids with ADHD, I have such compassion for what they they go through every day. So, So arming ourselves with as much information as we can about ADHD because then it comes compassion and we can view it with a different lens. Um, but also having compassion for ourselves as we go through this journey and knowing that we, it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. We, we can do the repair, we can, we can make mistakes and that we can come back from it and that there's no one that can do a good as, job, as good a job as what we can for our family. We know our kids, we know how to advocate for them, we arm ourselves with the information about ADHD. There's no one that can do a good as, a good, a, as good a job can't talk as good a job as you for your kids you're you're their parent for a reason you're built for it you know them you can you can you're you're doing a great job you're already doing it and I love the saying that um you've made it through 100% of your hard days like out of all the hard days you've made it through already you're already doing the hard thing that's what I'm trying to say you're already doing it uh, and you're doing a great job So I hope that that is comforting to you 
and I look forward to sharing the next episode of the ADHD Families Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ADHD Families Podcast. If you loved it, please share it on your socials. I want this to start a conversation about ADHD. If you want to make this mum do a little happy dance, please leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to know more about what we do, check out thefunctionalfamily.com. I truly hope that you enjoyed this podcast and you use it to create a wonderful, effective, joyful life with your beautiful children.